This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to do something just a little different if we can. Let me look up there at our team. Uh, I want you to bring the lights to worship setting, if, if you will. Can you bring the lights to worship setting? I, I, I want to deal with you about the darkness. So I'm going to set the atmosphere. I want to deal with you about the darkness. But Genesis 3, we're going to start in verse number 6 in just a few moments. I, I want to bring you this message of hearing the invisible, seeing the invisible and hearing the invisible. Last Sunday, uh, in this service, we didn't uh, have a message, uh, and still some of you told me it was the best sermon you'd heard in a long time. Thank you. But uh, uh, I want to just catch you up to, to the series with the other two services, okay? So last Sunday we did Seeing the Invisible, and, and today we want to do Hearing the Invisible. Seeing the Invisible and Hearing the Invisible. Why don't we just ask God to open this truth to us? Father, today I thank you for your presence, I thank you for your word, I thank you for your spirit. And I'm asking you today, Lord, now in the name above all names, that you're going to speak to us, speak to us clearly in the middle of the darkness. For there is a light that still shines, brighter than anything the world could ever hope to extinguish. Thank you for Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Last week we began, I said, with seeing the invisible, now hearing the invisible. I want to go ahead and read our passage and then I'm going to catch you up to speed. It says this in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 6. It says, the woman was convinced. This is talking of Eve as she's been talking with the serpent in the garden. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, I want you to notice this, when at that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. At that moment they went from seeing in one realm to seeing in another realm. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. They went from seeing in one place to now they're seeing in a different place, and all they can see is their shame. So they cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife did what? They heard. They did what? Heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And the Lord bless his word. Now, I want to talk to you about this invisible God uh, who's manifest himself in the darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, we 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 understand that you, 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 you might not ever be able to see God but I want you to get this, but you're never going to be able to see anything without him. I want you to understand this truth. You might never be able to see God, but without him, you're not going to be able to see anything. 
You see, the Scripture tells us that, that God uh, cannot be seen with the normal eye. We, we don't perceive Him in this normal way, but there's actually a glimpse of Him in Genesis chapter 1 when, Jesus, uh, or when, when God says, let there be light. Now you have to understand when God says, let there be light, as He speaks out into the darkness, as He speaks into the, 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 the non-existence uh, of the universe at that moment, when God says, let there be light, something interesting happens. The Bible says, God says, let there be light, and there was light. But that's, that's verse number three of chapter number one. But the sun and the moon are not created until verse number 14. So God says, let there be light, and there was light. But the problem is, the sun and the moon are not revealed until uh, later, days later. So how was there light when there was no light as we know it? Well, 1 John chapter 1, verse number 5 tells us this. This is the message we have heard from him, and we declare to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Of course, then we can go over Philippians. It tells us in the second chapter, the 14th verse, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine, you shine like stars in the universe. We become something that reflects the light. Now, that's important for you to understand if the world's ever going to see in a dark world that, that it seems like darkness seems to grow on every side. This last week, we saw darkness grow as it uh, took the life of 59 individuals. Darkness moving forward. We saw darkness pressing forward. But how is the world ever going to see the light? Let me ask you, how many of you happen to be out at some point this week and you happen to see the harvest moon? Could I, I see your hand? The majority of you at some point encountered the moon this week. At the harvest moon stage, the light has reflected the light of the moon is reflecting the light of the sun at a rate of zero point zero 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 seven percent of the light that it hits. At the normal slither of the moon that we might be encountering in just a few days, the moon will only reflect point zero 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 four percent of the light that hits it. Now, why is that important? Because we understand that when the light is reflected, it reveals the albedo of the object. And the albedo of the object tells us how much light is reflected. Now, Pastor Don, why is this important to me at all? Because if you were to take a scientific experiment, you were to take, they did this, and they called it Project Eureka, and you were to create a box or a room in which there was absolutely nothing that would create light in the darkness. There was, there's nothing in that room that will reflect light. There's nothing in that room that will grab the certain color of the light and, and shine a light into that darkness. If you were to do that and shine that light in that darkness, when you turn on the light in that room, nothing would change in that room. The light from that whatever you turned on would not change the atmosphere of the room because without the ability to reflect light, light is invisible. And you cannot see light. Now, stay with me. You cannot see light. Light is only becomes visible when it reflects something. So here's what I'm trying to tell you from these passages we've read and all this coming together, trying to get you to where I want you to see today, is that the only way the world is ever going to see God in the middle of darkness like we've seen this, this week is when the children of God become reflections of God to a lost and dying world, and they can see God through us. And that's where we would have gotten to last week if, if we'd been able to have a, a normal message time during this time. And, and then I wanted to bring you to this place today where we are going to learn how to hear God. How do you hear an invisible God when it seems like the light goes out? 
I don't know if you've been there, but I know that I'm preaching to somebody in this place today. There are times in your life that it seems like you become blindsided. You seem like something happens. And and imagine for those 59 families of those that were killed in Las Vegas this last week, how that it seems like for so many of them, their light has gone out, that the darkness is pressing in, that the darkness is, is choking them, that the dark... Does anybody know what I'm talking about at all? There's times in your life when depression comes on you and struggles come on you and you can't find find the light no matter where you turn. I've come with a message of hope that in the middle of the darkness, one, somebody needs to start reflecting the light. But when you cannot see the light, there is still hope. And we find this hope in this passage. Now we understand James chapter one says this. It says that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly life who does not change like shifting shadows. Before I give you this truth, I want you to understand that just because the world seems to be getting darker, it has not diminished his light at all. There is nothing in him that there's nothing in the universe that can hold back the light of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. So how are we going to find the light when we have stepped into darkness? Well, I think it's interesting that this story that talks about the, 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 the birth of sin into mankind actually reveals to us great hope in the middle of their failure. Can I tell you, I think that's on purpose because in the middle of our failures, we need great hope. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen to what the word says. The word says that as they invited the sin into their life, that immediately when they ate that, that their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame. Now, I want you to get that for just a moment, that their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame. Why is that important to us? That's important to us because that as this sin came into their lives, they had only ever seen the light of God's presence. They had only ever seen what it meant to live in the good things of God. They'd only ever seen hope. And suddenly when the darkness came into their existence in their life in the form of sin, suddenly everything changed. Their eyes were opened, but even though their eyes came to a new reality, that new reality only pointed to their own space. They no longer could see beyond their own space. Now listen to me carefully. In case you don't understand it, when you become convinced to live in sin, you become convinced to only focus on you and your own surroundings. When you're living in the darkness of sin, it will prevent you from having a view of anything beyond yourself. And I'm, I'm supposed to go one direction here, but I feel the leadership of the Holy Spirit this morning. Some of you, sin has darkened your view. You've abandoned people and things that depended on you. You've walked away from, from, from opportunities that God has called you to. You've, you've stepped out into places you know you should not have been because you've been so focused on your problems, your struggles, and your failures. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take that a step further. I want to deal with somebody here this morning. It was like your failures have chased you for years now, and you're never going to get back into the light. I have come with a message of hope. The darkness may be thick, but there is hope in the middle of the darkness, and his name is Jesus Christ. There is hope. But here's the problem. When they, when, they, when they took of that sin, everything changed because suddenly they felt like their sin had separated them from God. Suddenly it seemed like the sun had gone out. Suddenly they became consumed with their own new reality. You see, the light goes out in your life when you become consumed with trying to maintain a present condition that you have no business being in in the first place. 
Many of us are living in sinful ways we know that are wrong, and we want to hold on to the darkness, but the light has come to rescue you. This direction I want us to go today, for you got to understand, sometimes we make mistakes. We're blindsided by life. Sometimes problems come into our life, and they rob us of our joy, and they steal us of the presence of God, and we seemingly can't find God. It's like the light goes out, and before long, we're praying a prayer like this. God, where are you, God? What did I do wrong? I was just trying to serve you, God. Lord, you promised you would never leave me or forsake me, but God, I don't have a clue where you are. Am I making sense to anybody? today. You're wondering why you're going through what you're going through, and the darkness seems to be advancing, and it may seem like the darkness is winning for a season, but there is hope in the light. We're going to get there in just a moment. I want you to get this today. You've got to understand what happens. What happens in this this moment is that people begin to withdraw, because when the darkness begins to come on us, most of us want to withdraw from the light instead of run into the light. We want to go somewhere where nobody knows our sin. See, we want to start over, but we want to start over without dealing with the darkness. We find ourselves desperately looking for the light. We're praying that it will break through the darkness because what we need is just one glimpse of hope in the middle of the darkness. We spend all of this time looking for the light when it seems like the light has been robbed, but this passage about ultimate failure actually tells us how we're going to find hope when it seems like the world's gone out. And I'm, let me just tell you, I'm preaching to people that you got a phone call that seemingly ruined your world. You, you, your world changed in an instant, just like those in Las Vegas, and it seemed like the light went out. I want you to get this truth. I, I heard this truth just the other day, and I want you to grab hold of this, and it just reverberated in my heart. Here's what the word says. The word says this, that the man and his wife, listen to this, they heard. They what? Heard. One more time. They what? Heard. They heard the Lord God walking in the garden. I want you to get this biblical truth today. When you cannot see the light and you don't know which way is out and you've been looking frantically for a way of escape, you need to understand, close your eyes, rest yourself for a moment because you can always hear God before you can see God. I want you to get that. I heard that. It reverberated in my heart. And boom, here's a sermon on this. Amen. You can always hear God before you will ever see God. Because you need to understand that God is always calling you to you through the dark times of your life. God is standing on the edge of the darkness, and his voice is penetrating the darkness. And if you will settle yourself, you can hear hope in the middle of that darkness. You see, if you will listen, there's a voice crossing into the darkness. I want to share with you a personal story. It's not just my story. It is the story of some others with me, but a personal story of how this became reality in my life. I had gone on a mission trip, and on this mission trip, one of the missionaries became ill. They became deathly ill, violently and deathly ill. During the next four days, we would experience the depths of a struggle that, that I, I just want to put it into perspective. It became such a struggle. It became such a problem. It became such a, a dark place in my life that my wife likes to watch those shows that, you know, I shouldn't really be still alive. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those shows that you come back and you watch how somebody survived a, a, a fall or those kind of things. She likes to watch those shows but because this experience was so dark and it was so, so horrible. I, I couldn't even watch those shows because I, I knew that I'd lived through that kind of an experience. 
And I came, and I was right in the middle of this trip, and, and all of a sudden this missionary becomes violently, deathly ill, and, and so I do what anybody needs to do. I find the local hospital, and, and I take them to the local bush hospital, and we get them in the hospital, and we, and we suddenly realize that this local hospital has zero resources to try to help this individual. They cannot save his life, and he's continuing to spiral down into this death grip. And it, I mean, it was a horrible, horrible situation. I'm, I'm calling his, his family at home and saying, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do everything we can. Let's trust God. And, and, and they're crying, and, and he's dying. And so finally, I said, we're going to have to remove him from this hospital. And, and, and so I went to take him out of that hospital, and, and they didn't want to let him go because the, the average bush patient pays nothing. And so now there's an American, and he's being able to pay, and they don't want to let him go because he's funding the hospital. And I had to fight our way out of that hospital. I had to fight through roadblocks. I had to fight through struggles. We had to fight through. We fought our way all the way to the American embassy to walk up for the American embassy to help us find at least some kind of help. And the American embassy was shut down because of a holiday. So then we had to fight our way across town. Another, I finally ended up in the nicest hospital in this nation. And, and I walked in and they said, no, 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 you can't come in. You're not, you're not welcome here. You're not going to be able to be allowed here. And, and, and I just happened to have, uh, uh, this missionary had brought a, a lot of finances with him. And I was, I was holding it for him while they were sick. And I, I got down on my knees in front of that, that registrar's desk. And I started counting out $100 bills just as fast as I could. And they went, what are you doing? I said, I'm counting until you let him in. Finally, they smiled and, and took it and put it in the, in the hospital's account and said, you can have a room. And, and they gave us a room. And as we put him in the room, it had been days of them saying, he's not going to live much longer. He's not going to live much longer. And, and we're holding him and he's shaking violently. He's going into convulsions. His, his, his body is fighting desperately for life. And, and we've reached this place where I've, I've been laying on a filthy hospital floor, wondering about the rodents and things running around. I'm telling you, it's a horrible, horrible experience. And, and I'm laying there and finally, I look at Pastor Rich was with me and I said, Pastor Rich, you stay with him for just a moment. Let me go out and get like 30 minutes of a break and I'll be right back and we'll swap off and we're going to have to, we're going to, it's going to kill us if we don't watch it too. And so I, I, I go out of the room and when I go out of the room, this little bitty man, I mean, he's a small little guy and he is absolutely filthy. I mean, he walks up to me and he looks at me and he says, he says, I am a prophet of God. And I thought, buddy, you better keep on walking. Because this is not the time. And he said, I'm going to go in there and pray for that person, and then I'm going to go in there and pray for that person. And I thought, there's not a chance in heaven or hell you're going to go through that door right there. We'll see. He walks off. I go back in the room. When I go back in the room, Pastor Rich takes his break. It gets worse and worse and worse. Finally, Pastor Rich comes in. We are at the point where I don't think he's going to make it. And Pastor Rich says, Pastor, you look absolutely awful. Go out and Take a break for just a moment. I, I, I've got him. I mean, it's not like he's going to change that much worse in the next few moments. I walked back out. And when I walked back out, I stood there almost shaking violently just because I was so exhausted and so worried about this man. I'm on the phone with his family and he's screaming the, the guttural death cries as his, as his body's shutting down. And, and, and I'm like, and all of a sudden this dirty little old man walks back up to me and he sticks his finger back in my face. And I'm thinking, you better move that finger or I will break it. And he gets a voice of authority. He said, I told you I am a prophet of God. And I thought, you better be a prophet of God. You're about to meet him. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> and he said, I, 
I want you to know. And he began to quote word for word, word, I mean exactly, word for word, verbatim, what that missionary and I had discussed before we got on a plane in Atlanta, Georgia. He told me the conversation word for word, and he had my attention. Now, I thought he might just be a prophet of God. And then it was almost like his eyes turned to sunburst, and he looked at me, and he says, thus says the Lord, I declare and decree that he shall not die, but he shall live, because he has cut a covenant with Jehovah God Almighty. And there's something that I feel yet even now as I'm reminiscing, something caught in my spirit, because in the middle of the darkness, suddenly I heard a word from the Lord. And when I heard a word from the Lord, something changed. And I, I mean, there was like a fire shut up inside of me. And I, I, I looked at him and I opened the door. And when I opened the door to go back in the room, I don't know what happened, but every devil in hell that had been trying to take that missionary's life must have just stirred for a moment because he literally shook so violently in a seizure that he shook himself up into the air. And before I realized what I did, I ran and I grabbed hold of him and I body checked him like a wrestler. I went, whoo, boom. I mean, I'm talking like WW, whatever it is. Come on now, bam. <laughs> he had been incoherent for four days, made no sense, could not recognize anyone. He was at a place of death, and suddenly when I grabbed hold of him, and boom. You know what I'm talking about, Mike? Boom. He came to clarity. He said this deep, sp deeply spiritual statement. He said, Pastor Don would not hurt me. <laughs> And went sound asleep. Within three hours, he had crossed back over into life. Within a matter of another hour, he was sitting up in the bed. Within a matter of a day, we were on a plane getting back stateside as fast as we could. Why? Because we wanted to make sure he was all right. But I knew that he would be all right. People are like, are you sure it's safe to travel? I knew that he would be all right because in the middle of my darkness, suddenly I had a voice speak through the darkness. And when the voice spoke through the darkness, it gave me a place to stand. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what hell has tried to break loose on you. But this I do know. What you need is to hear him walking in your darkness and when you hear a word from the Lord you will have somewhere to stand amen and I feel this today I feel it with all of my heart what you need is not what you think you need what you need is a word from God because that's what you stand upon. Pastor Don, what does this have to do with how the, the light began in the beginning? Because there was no sun, there was no moon. What actually happened was when God spoke into the darkness and all of a sudden when God said, let there be light, what he really was saying is I will reflect myself in this universe and the antimatter all of a sudden had somewhere to stand and it, it, it caught on to the word of the Lord. And when it caught on to the word of the Lord, suddenly light reflected from the glory of God. Can I tell you this morning, that in the middle of your chaos, all your chaos really needs is a word from the one who's still walking on the storm. He's still coming across the water. And when he says, peace be still, suddenly your life has something to hold on to. Yeah. Pastor Don, what, how does this become a reality in my life? I don't want to go to, to another continent to have to hear a word from God. I, I'm in the middle of my struggle. I'm in the middle of my own darkness. Listen to me carefully. One of the great revelations of this truth comes from Genesis 3 and 8 in the poetic version of the King James Version. I want you to hear me. Notice what it says. See, the first version says they heard him walking in the garden. But listen to the King James. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. 
I want you to notice this. It doesn't say they heard him walking, but it tells you who they heard walking. Are you with me? It says they heard the what? Voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Pastor Don, how does God's voice walk before him? How does it, my goodness, don't you understand God sends his voice before you, after you, around you to protect you? But here's the great truth about this. How did the voice come walking in the darkness? John 1 said it this way. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. In case you don't understand what this is talking about, it's talking about Jesus. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him the word gave life to everything that was created watch this and his life brought light to everyone and no matter how much hell may assail itself and try to pull you back into the darkness of shame and the darkness of your failure and the darkness of defeat and the darkness of death the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it because why the one who was walking in the garden is still walking on this earth today he's walking in this room right now his name is Jesus and he's still calling out into the darkness that there is light and he is the light come on now would you give the light a praise this morning hallelujah stand with me pastor Don I can't see him you don't have to see him you need to hear his voice he picks loud mouth preachers to shout through he picks quiet mamas to speak through he speaks the still of the night to speak in you. He speaks to you with the rise of the sun. Am I making sense to anybody? In the middle of your storms, you don't need to keep searching for some great light. You need to hear the light, and the light will speak into the darkness of your own soul, and the light will reverberate from you to the world. Because your albedo in the middle of your darkest hours never shines brighter. And when you can stand in a funeral and lift your hands and give God praise, when you can stand by a coffin in a funeral home and declare, oh, though my Redeemer slay me, yet will I serve him. When you can walk through the darkness of a diagnosis and come out to still declaring, this is the day that the Lord has made and yet I will rejoice and be glad because you've got a word. Am I making sense to anybody today? today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.